0: Hey, moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I am so thankful that you're here today. I think you're going to love this podcast. We're going to be talking about perfectionism. I had a mom reach out to me recently who wanted to just get a little bit of advice and counsel Um, with a child who was a perfectionistic child. And so I'm going to address perfectionism in general and talk about it in us as moms and then also a bit about how to deal with it in our kids. Before I do that, I encourage you to check out my book, The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find that on Amazon at your favorite bookseller or at my website, DorendaWilson.com. Also, you know... I know there are so many of you that have uh, reached out to me before and asked me if um, if I could mentor you, and you know I think we all want that. We all want a homeschool mentor, someone who's been where you are and can help you along the way. And you know this is one thing I love about Homeschooling Today Magazine. Except instead of getting just one mentor, you get access to a whole team of experienced homeschoolers. You'll find my columns, Mom to Mom and Dear Dorinda in it. I invite you to subscribe. I really love the printed version of this magazine. It's absolutely beautiful. When you get it, go grab a cup of coffee and find a comfy place to get away for a little while, just a few minutes. You will be delighted to find many other voices that I trust to speak life into your homeschooling journey as well. Let them encourage, inspire, and walk alongside you. Let them help you to homeschool boldly with courage and freedom and an unhurried heart. Speaking of mentoring, I mentioned before that moms often reach out to me to ask if I can disciple them or mentor them personally, and it just, it just breaks my heart to not be able to do that because I'm only one person and I I have a a family as well. And even though I'm in a different season, it still uh, requires some uh, attention and energy from me. And so I have to balance that out in uh, ministry and spending time with my family and all of that, just like all of you do as well. But We have come up with a solution that I think is going to be amazing. Let me back up just a little bit. One of the reasons that I'm leaving Facebook is because I felt spread too thin, you know, across too many platforms, not enough um, ability to provide the kind of interactive mentoring that I really want to. So my family and myself, we are working to create a platform where I can actually be fully present. You know, I've spent the last several years creating great content through my podcast, live videos, and blog, and now you're going to be able to find it organized by topic in one place along with ongoing new content, mentoring, interactive events, live Q&As, and community with other moms who want to slow down and simplify their family lives and their homeschooling. So I'll keep you updated on the progress on that and let you know when it is available to you. I mentioned at the very beginning that I'm tackling the topic of perfectionism um, just in general, but also for us as moms and in our kids. I always think when I'm tackling a topic that it's important to define the word. So I'm going to define the word perfectionism so we all know what we're talking about when I use that word. Perfectionism involves putting pressure on ourselves to meet impossibly high standards thinking that what we do is never good enough and can i just say you guys this is my lifelong battle i i kid you not so i come to this topic humbly <laughs> and i come to it saying i do not have all, i do not have all the answers i'm sharing with you today what God has to say about it in His Word and that some of the things that I've learned. But I'm not at all saying that I have this mastered. I have definitely come a long way, but God is working on me continually when it comes to perfectionism. The thing about perfectionism is at its very core, it is a hoax. It is a lie. It is a deception because it's based on the idea that we can, in fact, be perfect in some or all areas. It can also be a form of self-indulgence, and it's hard to believe. We don't think of perfectionism as a form of self-indulgence. We think um, self-indulgence has to do with just not caring about things and doing whatever you want, But what self indulgence is, is the act of satisfying one's desires, pleasures, lusts, and whims, especially without restraint. In other words, it's the practice of having or doing anything that you like or enjoy, often some things that you should not have or do. So we can, you know, when we are just striving for perfectionism we're not restraining ourselves we are not exercising self-control. We are um, we're, we're satisfying our own desire to want to be perfect or like I'm going to talk about in a minute that desire that's in all of us to want to be like God okay? So, we have to remember this when we're dealing with our kids that perfectionism often is a form of self indulgence. Now, if your child were indulging themselves in something else, you would definitely nip that in the bud. But perfectionism is difficult because we want our kids to do things well. But when they're taking it too far, then they're moving in to an area of sin—that sin of self-indulgence—and we need wisdom to know when that's happening, and that's something that we have to sort of learn as we go. But a perfectionistic mindset brings stress, and it can only lead to discontent and frustration. It often involves raising the bar to absurd heights and striving in our own efforts for something. That only God can do. And this includes having to do things perfectly. The necessity of our standards really needs to be determined by God, not us. God needs to be the judge, and that requires us to go back to the gospel and lean into the wisdom from Scripture and the leading of the Holy Spirit. I am so glad that Jesus, when He left this earth, um, He did not leave us without a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 26, it says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, and he did that, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we've got the Holy Spirit in us as believers to give us that wisdom that we need. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So God has equipped us to navigate this, moms. I'm going to repeat this again. The necessity of our standards needs to be determined by God and not us. So in the case of our children, we act as representatives, uh, as God's representative in their lives. So they need to yield to our direction. When they do that, it's the same thing as obeying God that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect parents in order for them to obey us because the scriptures are uh, speak clearly that to children, that they are to honor and obey their parents. And it doesn't say um, unless they're not perfect or unless they're perfect. You know, um, obviously if there's sin involved, that's a, that's a whole nother issue. But those of us, I, I know you moms who are listening, you're, you're striving for a life of godliness and to, to do what pleases the Lord and that's what that's what matters. And God has given you this role in your kids' lives, and so we need to make sure that we are being in, um, God's representative in our lives and encouraging our kids to yield to our direction. They need to do that. That is part of their training. That's part of raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When they honor and obey their parents, it is the same thing as honoring God. So that's kind of how that fits into the um, kind of the categories of, you know, the roles, the biblical roles in the household. So I'm going to go back to something I said before. A perfectionistic mindset brings stress and can only lead to discontent and frustration. We don't want that for ourselves, and we certainly don't want that for our children. Perfectionism often involves raising the bar to absurd heights and striving in our own efforts for something that only God can do. So where does this insidious and persistent lie come from? You probably guessed it, directly from the enemy. He's been using this Um, Effectively, since the beginning of time. It's the exact same lie that he used to deceive Eve in the Garden of Eden. So I'm going to read through that passage in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Can you just hear him hissing this? For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. This lie, moms, is rooted in our desire to be like God. Satan tempted Eve with the same sin that he committed and was actually cast out of heaven for. He wanted to be God. He wanted to dethrone God, which uh, in you know, in, is in itself both astonishing and a clear testimony to his wickedness and utter foolishness. And now he wants to deceive us with the exact same lie, because he knows how destructive it is for us. Remember that Jesus said that Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said that he came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus has saved us from having to give into this temptation or try to live this lie because the point of the gospel is that we can't save ourselves. We all fall short. We all miss the mark. Romans 3, verses 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified Freely by His grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. As sinners need a Savior, um, you know, as sinners, sorry, as sinners who need a Savior, we need to remember that this this is why Jesus came. He came for us while we were still sinners. He came and He died for us. My son and I have been talking about this this week, just repeatedly, we've gone back to it several times. So if if He died for us while we were still sinners, how much more um, are we in His favor now that we've been cleansed by the blood, we our sins have been forgiven and washed away, removed from us as far as the east is from the west, and we stand before God robed in the righteousness of Jesus. That's how he sees us. Yes, we still struggle with sin, but he sees us as we are in Christ. How glorious is that? When we trust in Jesus, He forgives our iniquities, our shortcomings, and our imperfections, so we can stop striving for an arbitrary, quote unquote, perfection and rest in the perfect one. I've shared this passage in Matthew countless times over the years because it just resonates with my soul. And my own struggle with perfectionism. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty, and I love to read it out of the Message Bible. I don't usually, in fact, I never use that translation, but it really does a wonderful job of depicting a beautiful picture of what um, of just the spirit of what Jesus is is trying to convey to us. So in this passage, Jesus is addressing the harsh rules of religion. And you know, when we're a perfectionist, we set out a lot of harsh rules for ourselves that are unnecessary. They're unnecessary burdens. So as I read this passage to you, I want you to be thinking in terms of perfectionism and um, arbitrary rules that aren't necessarily what God is asking us to do. So this is let Jesus speak to this, okay? If you have the opportunity and you're not driving or anything, close your eyes and I want you to just take this passage in. you ready? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that beautiful? Unforced rhythms of grace. I don't know, when I'm trying to live up to my perfectionistic standards, that is not the feeling I have at all. That feeling that I'm walking in unforced rhythms of grace. Now, when he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you, he's not saying that we will not have burdens to bear. I, I think we should emphasize the ill fitting part. There are burdens that he has um, intentionally, al- he allows us to carry. These are things that he gives us the grace to carry it. And that's the difference. It's not a heaviness we're putting on ourselves. It's a load. I like to say it's like a cross that's custom fit just for us. My cross that I have to bear doesn't look exactly like your cross that you have to bear. But we all have a cross to bear, but it's a good cross. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. What did he say? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. We are called to bear certain burdens, but God gives us the grace to bear those burdens. And so why would we put more burdens on ourselves? I don't want to spend my energy on burdens I have put on myself and not have what I need to bear the ones that God is calling me to, because the ones that he's calling me to— Will have grace to go along with them and will bear much fruit. This other thing out here, these arbitrary rules of perfectionism that I strive to meet, are not going to produce good fruit. They're just going to lead down a path of destruction. If you're a perfectionistic uh, or you're a mom who struggles with perfectionism, you may find that this is, you've seen this to happen in your own life as it has sort of spilled over. Onto your children. I know this happened at our house. And what happens is um, our struggles with it turn into uh, our kids' struggles because, you know, we can be overly critical of the work they do. We can, like I said, use up energy on our own perfectionism instead of not doing that, choosing not to do that, and instead having the energy. And the mindset to be able to really be a blessing to our family, to be fully engaged with our kids, to do what he's called us to do with them, instead of indulging ourselves in perfectionism. Now, some of you might be wondering, like, what's the difference between perfectionism versus diligence or doing things well? Well, I think the first thing we have to remember is that we are living to God's standards not our own. We don't get to make the rules. We don't get to make the standards. We um, yield those to the Lord, especially when we can see that they're causing issues in our in our family and in our relationships, or even in our own bodies and our own um, you know in our own hearts. But we do want to do things well. That is very very important. God calls us to to do things well. He doesn't call us to perfectionism. He calls us to do things well. Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, these are some of the standards that God sets out in His Word. He says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And as we heard earlier, we know that the heart of Jesus is one of grace and compassion and mercy and not expecting perfectionism out of us but rather wanting to disciple us and to show us how to take a real rest he's done the perfect work so that we don't have to do that in order to be accepted and loved and to have our salvation second timothy 2 verses 15 says Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So again, we're living to God's standards, not our own and not man's standards. Now, obviously, if you're doing a job for someone, you you want to Do the job that you're hired to do and you want to do it to the best of your ability. But at the end of the day, who you're really needing to please, who we're really needing to please is God. Colossians 3 uh, verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol. I love this. (laughs) Basically, there is no um, work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. This is Ecclesiastes. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he's saying there. (laughs) I think I was focused more on the whatever your hand finds to do to do it with all your might. Yes, we do it with all all of our might, but we're not going to do that perfectly. Um, I would have to interpret, go back to that passage and look at that in context, but you get the idea. Um, Titus 2, verse 7, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity and dignity. Colossians three twenty three: whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Boy, that's pretty clear, isn't it? It's all over in the scriptures that we are working heartily and we're working mightily, but we're doing it as unto the Lord. We have to also remember that comparisons can be one of those things that sort of um, tempt us to perfectionism. Galatians 6, 4 says, but let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. So again, we're working Um, as unto the Lord, because we belong to Him, and so we do our very best before Him, and we are content with that. Now, let's talk about some practical ways to address perfectionism, both in ourselves and in our kids, okay? So the first thing I'm going to talk about is if you recognize that perfectionism is a real temptation for you or for your children or both of you, Pray over it because what we don't want is for the enemy to get a foothold. And this is what he loves to do. And he loves to mess with Christian families and specifically Christian homeschool families. I feel like we're the ones with the target on our back. The enemy would love nothing more than to bring division and in our families. And as the women and the wives and the mothers of the household, we're like the hub of the home. We are like the glue that holds everyone and everything together. I mean, obviously, we're yielded to our husbands, and he has that leadership role. But we have a very, very important nurturing role. And so the enemy would love to distract us and take us down roads of comparisons, um, which is very tempting when it comes to um, social media and that sort of thing. I think that is one of the worst uh, places are one of the most effective places that the enemy uses to um, just to really tempt us towards perfectionism. So we need to be in prayer, is what I'm saying, because it starts out, it's a spiritual battle. It really, really is. And we want to be the women who. We build up our homes. We don't tear them down. Proverbs says that a foolish woman tears her house down, but a wise woman builds her house up. And I can tell you from experience that being a perfectionist, will lead to tearing your house down. And we don't want that. So we start with prayer. We acknowledge that this is an area of weakness for us, and we need God to do a work in us and to lead us to what is right and good and true throughout the day, to give us discernment and wisdom. And we need to remember um, that, again, because we're not perfect, we bring to God what we do have. I always think of the loaves and the fishes because that was a story that God brought to my mind so many times over the years when i would question the simple it was a beautiful simple homeschooling plan that we did that worked was working so well for our family and i just felt so at peace about it but every now and then i would question it is it enough you know because that perfectionistic part of me would start to doubt and wonder and I remember the Lord would just bring that that story to mind, where the the little boy brought the the loaves and the fishes um, to Jesus. Okay, so actually, the story I'm thinking of is when, because there's two different different stories in the scripture. But where I want to go with this is the fact that there were a whole bunch of people to feed, far more than anybody then the disciples could could feed. And and Jesus basically said, the disciples told Jesus, you know, these people are all hungry. Let's send them away to go get something to eat. And Jesus said, no, you feed them. (laughs) And the disciples, their response was, we can't possibly feed all these people. We'd have to go work for this long. And even then, we couldn't feed them all. And Jesus said, bring me what you have, essentially. Okay. So, You know, they brought the loaves and the fishes to him. It was not enough to feed everybody, not even close. But Jesus blessed it, and he made it enough. And so as I would go throughout my day and realize that, okay, this thing, this standard I have, I need to let it go. So God, help me to remember that it's enough, that I can bring this offering that I have to you. And I, I just bring it before you and ask that you would make it enough. And you know, He did that over and over and over again. The other story I love is Mary and Martha. This is a story that's come to mind a lot lately as I've been dealing with my own struggles of perfectionism. You know the story, right? Jesus is coming over for dinner uh, to Mary and Martha's house, and you know, in that culture, it was very. Um, it was very honorable to be a very, very good host or hostess. Okay, so that was a, a a cultural pressure, you might say. And so Martha was taking this very seriously. She had her list, I'm sure, in her head or checklist of things that she was needing to do and get done. And she was fussing about those things and trying to get them done. And she looked over and here's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And now, mind you, I'm also thinking... I can sympathize with Martha a little bit. You know, the son of God is coming for dinner, right? Just a little bit of pressure there. (laughs) So anyway, she looks across the room and there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she says to Jesus, you know, there are so many things that need to be done. Can you, um, you know, Mary should be helping me. Can you basically tell her to help me, you know? And Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, you are concerned with many details, but Mary has found the better thing, and it will not be taken from her. And I love that story, because this week I've been bogged down, overwhelmed with details, and I just keep hearing the Lord say, Dorinda, Dorinda, you're concerned with so many details. But Mary has found the better thing and it will not be taken from her. And my prayer is always, Lord, help me to find the better thing. Lead me to the better thing. Because what Mary understood was not that she just needed to sit at the feet of Jesus every all day long and everything would just magically get done. We know that's not going to happen. But she sat at the feet of Jesus first and she listened to the good That he had for her first, that grace, that mercy, that kindness, that compassion, that peace and that direction. And then I'm sure she got up and got to work, but she did it with such a different mindset and such a different heart. And that's what we want to do, moms. We want to let Jesus disciple us as we disciple our children, even in this area of perfectionism. I love the story of David and Goliath, right? I think if David were a perfectionist, when they told him to put on Goliath's armor um, and that he needed to wear it, you know, that he tried it on, but it was way too heavy. He said, I can't wear this. And he just took it off. And he went out there and he faced that huge giant Goliath with none of the things that everybody would have said that he needed. He, he probably needed, they would have said he needed more than just a slingshot and some stones, and he certainly needed some sort of armor of protection, but his trust was in the Lord. And I think that's what we need to look at. We need to look at at the God we serve. We need to get our eyes on Him. We don't work in the world's economy. We work in God's economy. When we know Him We are working from a completely different mindset. Romans says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what God's will is. So we need to be thinking in terms of God's standards. And I shared some verses earlier that talk about our work. We do it as unto the Lord, and it is acceptable to Him. It is acceptable to Him because of Jesus. Another question we need to ask ourselves is, where are we putting our trust? And this is something we can encourage our kids in as well. These stories that I just shared, we can share those stories with our children we can also ask them that question, where are we putting our trust? Honey, where are you putting your trust? Are you trusting in your own ability to try to be perfect? Because none of us are perfect. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, including me. And so there, right there is an opportunity to lead our children back to the cross. We need to also re- remind our kids and ourselves, that people in relationships are more important than things and accomplishments. Another way that we can address this is practicing contentment and thankfulness. So at the end of the day or at the end of a task when maybe we're not able to do the job we'd hope to do, but we know it needs to end, we need to be content with it, we say, thank you, Lord, For what you have allowed me to accomplish. At the end of the day, moms, instead of thinking about what you didn't get done, go through the list of things that God graciously allowed you to get done. Maybe some things that weren't even on your list. Thank Him for those things. Encourage our children to do the same. The duties and the tasks that God puts in front of us are a gift They were meant to be something that we do with joy, something that we find delight in and satisfaction in. Ecclesiastes uh, talks about this when it says, there's nothing better under the sun than to enjoy food and drink and to enjoy your work. And it's God that can bring joy to our work. and He brings joy to our work by freeing us from perfectionism. It is he who gives us the strength to do what he's called us to do. And guess what, you guys? He is not obligated to strengthen us to do anything that he hasn't called us to do. So here are some ways to encourage our kids to embrace correction because that's really what we're wanting. We're wanting to deal with self-indulgence. And in order to deal with that, Um, that that perfectionism, that self-indulgence is to encourage our children to embrace correction, to be teachable. So one thing we need to remember is that there can be several reasons why they might struggle. Because I know that we do ask ourselves that when we see our child struggling with perfectionism, we're wondering, where did that come from? And that's a good question to ask We need to be careful that we're not overthinking because at the end of the day, um, our children are sinners and their sin needs to be addressed and we are sinners and our sin needs to be addressed. We just need to make sure that that doesn't, uh, and sometimes that does collide, but we need to allow God to, um, to help us have discernment in what we're responsible for and what our children are responsible for. But some of the reasons that kids can struggle with perfectionism—and this has happened at our house—is overcorrecting by parents or others who have an influence in their lives. Remember, I mentioned this before, that as moms, our perfectionism can spill onto our children when we are overly critical of the work they do. That does not mean that we stop correcting them. We need to be careful to walk that line as the Lord leads. But sometimes they pour their heart into a job and they are happy with it. They genuinely don't see the things that we see. And so we have to take into account the maturity level and what they're actually capable of at the different ages. And so and where they are individually as 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 children, as our children, and their temperaments and their personalities and all of that. So there needs to be a certain amount of grace, but we we also can't stop. Correcting, but what we can do is we can do what I call the sandwich. Um, it's this. It's the sandwich approach. Basically, you know, maybe you're checking their room, and you can see several things that aren't right. But the first thing you mention are the things that they did well. So you want to say, "Hey, I love the way you did this over here," and "Oh, you did this," and then maybe we 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 say something that. Um, you know, we see something else. Well, what about that over there? Did you forget to put that away? And let them take care of it. And then, and we follow that up with more praise. So we're sandwiching the criticism like a hamburger. It's, the criticism is the hamburger and the praise is, are the buns. And another way that we can do that is to um, encourage them and then ask if they see anything that might not be quite right in the bedroom. Like, um, do you see anything that is out of place? Is there anything that still needs to be put away? Because what we're doing then is we're training their eyes to see the things that we see. But we're doing it in a way that is um, is by gentle encouragement. Because we want to continually be encouraging them to receive correction. And if we're harsh and critical, that's going to harden their hearts. It's going to, um, what does the scripture say? Um, that we're not as parents to um, basically exacerbate our kids, not frustrate them, and so we've got to, you know, do that. So we do that correction in a gentle but persistent way. Proverbs fifteen thirty two says, "Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence." We want our children to grow, and our job as parents is to correct and instruct and train in righteousness proverbs 19 uh, 29 15 says the rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother we want to teach and model to our kids a deep trust in the lord not in our own wisdom this requires humility and a teachable spirit on our part and on our kids part so like i said before we allow Jesus to disciple us as we disciple our children. I want to leave you with Proverbs 3, 5-8, through 8, which is my go-to passage over and over and over again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And when I think about perfectionism as I'm reading through this, I can see all kinds of wonderful nuggets of wisdom here. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not our own understanding of how things are to be done. We submit all of our ways to Him. And he makes our paths straight. We're not wise in our own eyes, but we're trusting in him, right? We're fearing the Lord and shunning evil. If self-indulgence, if perfectionism slash self-indulgence is sin, which I believe it is, that's evil. And we want to shun that and instead not be wise in our own eyes, but fear him, ask him first. Live by His standards. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Perfectionism can really be stressful, and it can actually begin to take its toll on us physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. We want to be healthy moms. And so that requires us to not be wise in our own eyes, to trust in the Lord, with all of our hearts and not lean on our own understanding and to encourage our children to do the same. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder of just the gracious and loving God that you are. Lord, I pray that you would give us grace and mercy to tackle this challenge, this struggle, often the sin of perfectionism, and the self-indulgence that can come with it. Lord, help us to know where that line is. Give us wisdom by the power of the Holy Spirit as we walk through our days to know where that line is. You said in, in Peter that you have given us everything that we need to live godly lives. And so we trust and we know that that is true. And so we pray for your wisdom as we walk this out, and we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) you <laughs>